Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus. We're so glad to be with you today. We're glad to be part of this broadcast family right here on WMAF, where you're hearing this broadcast right now in Madison and uh, North Florida and South Georgia. So we're happy to be with you today. If you're listening from our website, we're glad that you have joined us today, and we pray that you will be especially blessed as we go into God's Word and get God's Word inside of us today. And if you're listening by computer as WMAF streams anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world, literally, we have had people contact us from other nations of the world that are hearing this broadcast because WMAF streams their live programming to anywhere anyone who is connected to the World Wide Web and that covers the entire globe and we we're so happy to be able to preach the gospel uh, to the nations of the world because of a little station in Madison in North Florida. God is using this station, and I believe he's blessing this station and the, the participants in that station to keep it alive and keep it functioning and keeping it going. Amen. And we're expecting great things in our church, in our ministry, in our outreach, and expecting great things for this little station right there in Madison and North Florida. Little town, little station, big God who is a blessing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we're having a, a study today before we get really kind of uh, brought in and caught up in the Christmas rush. We want to pause before that big push begins. And uh, Black Friday is over. We, 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 the election is behind us. And now we can begin to refocus. And I pray this Christmas season that we will begin to refocus once again, on, if you're a Christian, on what it really means to be saved. And if you're not a Christian, hallelujah, you you would you would be able to begin to get a handle on how much God loves you and the plan that he has put in place so that you can be saved. He wants you in his kingdom. He wants you in his holy city. He wants you to live forever. He doesn't want you to be banished and punished forever. He wants you to be blessed forever. He wants to give you eternal life today. And he wants it to begin with giving every sin that you've ever committed. And I pray you will stay tuned today so that you can understand what it means to be forgiven, what it means to be saved, what it cost. Because in the cost of your salvation is the, the, the very symbol of your worth to God. Make no mistake about it, you were worth the gift of His only begotten Son. You were worth Christ's sacrifice on the cross. You were worth His suffering, His death. You were worth that. That's how much that God values you today. And the price that was paid for you is what gives you value. It's not because you're the top of your class and you graduated summa cum laude from some prestigious university. That's not what gives you true value. 
True value is not in your accomplishments, not in your entrepreneurship, that you have started a business or an enterprise and you become very rich and successful. That's not what gives you true value. What gives you true worth and worth beyond any of these other considerations is how much God was willing to give in order to purchase you as his own and to purchase your salvation, to pay the sin debt in your behalf so you could be saved. And I pray that you will stay tuned today. We're talking about something that can apply to you before this broadcast is over. If you should decide... As he draws you, and I know he's going to, hallelujah, that's his job, the Holy Spirit. I call him respectively the hound of heaven, and I'm so glad he didn't give up on me. I'm so glad he drew me to Christ all of those years ago when I was running from him with the intent someday, someday when I've, I've, uh, I've, I've, Send all that I want to sin, and I'm too old to sin, and I'm, I'm, sin isn't fun anymore, then maybe I would consider, no, he will come, because you're not guaranteed to live out your days and become uh, uh, aged. Uh, there's no guarantee of tomorrow, so he comes today and declares, today is the salva- day of salvation. This is the accepted time. So I know God is going to bless you, whether you're Christian or not today. He's going to to deal in a personal way with everyone who's hearing this broadcast. That's how he operates. As we bring the word of God, the Holy Spirit is going to come and speak it to you personally. Hallelujah. Even as he speaks to me as we teach today. We're talking about living in the now of your salvation. If you have your Bible, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11. Listen to what this says. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, you've got to be right with God. You can't go to heaven without being right with God. That's why I say constantly uh, to our congregation, our physical congregation here, and I'm saying it to our radio congregation on the air today, there's nothing wrong with getting right with God. Amen. And we we actually have a response in our congregation because I will begin the statement, and they've heard it so much, our precious congregation finish it. There's nothing wrong, and then they respond with getting right with God. We're not afraid of Holy Spirit conviction. We're not afraid of being challenged by the Word of God uh, to, to get closer to Him and desire to be more like him and following Jesus as a true disciple. Praise God. The unrighteous cannot inherit the kingdom of God. There's no circumventing the issue that we are have sinned against him and he is obligated by his holiness to judge that sin. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God so loved us enough in spite of our sin, that he made a way for us to be saved through the shed blood, sacrifice, 
substitutionary offering of Jesus Christ on the cross. The unrighteous cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor the abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But here's what happens when the blood of Jesus is applied to your life. When we repent of our sin, we admit our sin, and we turn from it, and we turn from Satan unto God. We turn from sin unto Christ. We turn from the road we're on to the highway that leads to heaven. Praise God. And such were some of you, but ye are. This is a present tense uh, situation. This is where we stand with God. The day the moment, the evening, the hour that we come to Christ as our Savior. But ye are washed, ye are sanctified, and ye are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. So now we are washed, now we are sanctified, and now we are justified. And that's why we've titled this teaching, and this is the second edition, Living in the Now of Your Salvation. Hallelujah. This is not something that that is going to happen. This is something that has happened. And we are right now not just sinners saved by grace. We were sinners. Our sins have been forgiven, and it was the grace of God that saves us. Hallelujah. But now we are the sons of God. Hallelujah. Now we are the daughters of God. Now we are the children of God. He is now our shepherd king. And we are the sheep of his pasture and the people of his hand. Hallelujah. Praise God. And it begins with the washing, the cleansing. See, sanctified comes second. Sanctified and sanctification means first cleansed and set apart for a holy purpose. But it doesn't begin with sanctification. It begins with being cleansed and washed. Revelation 1 and verse 5 once again says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Washed us from our sins in his own blood. I love the great hymns of faith that is based on scriptures just like this one. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Just as I am, I remember the Billy Graham Crusades, one of the great invitation songs sung by those great choirs at the end of the service and the invitation was being given, just as I am, and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee whose blood 
can cleanse each spot. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Oh, friend of mine, every time I hear that song, if I wasn't a Christian, I'd just run to become a Christian by turning from sin and accepting God's invitation to come and be cleansed. Oh, and oh, happy day, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, oh, happy day. When Jesus washed my sins away. I want to stop uh, reading for just a moment and, and say this to you. I feel this is not a prediction, but I do feel to say something prophetic to you today. I really, and I'm a pastor and evangelist through the media, but right now I feel an anointing and an appointing to say this to you prophetically today. Hallelujah. Listen, before you begin to categorize me and say he's putting on another hat, he's wanting to have another title, I want to tell you about a prophet by the name of Amos, who began by saying, I'm not a prophet, nor the son of a prophet. But the Spirit of the Lord came on. He said, actually, I'm a keeper of sheep and the, and the harvester of figs, of sycamore trees. <laughs> but the word of the Lord came to me saying, go and speak unto Israel. And the moment that God speaks to someone to speak in his behalf, there's a prophetic anointing. I'm convinced of that. And I believe every minister can say something prophetic under that anointing. And I believe with all of my heart that the great revival, the great end time move of the Holy Spirit to sweep tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, into the kingdom of God, the revival that will enable the church to be the witness that God wants to make us, hallelujah, to the world about us, will come when there is a rejoicing in our salvation and understanding of just what it means to be saved and a great rejoicing in our salvation. When Christians begin to show forth a joy, <laughs> a holy joy in serving God, stimulated by the cross, not stimulated by silver or gold, or the promise of earthly blessings, and make no mistake about it, God can bless us materially, and He does on many occasions, but our blessing is far beyond the material and the physical world. Oh, friend, what it means to have eternal life, and to have a fellowship, relationship with God, by which we can call Him Abba, Father, and the Holy Spirit will bear witness that this is absolutely right and requisite and true. Glory to God. I believe there's going to be a renewing of the first love, a rekindling 
of the first love and it's going to be fanned into flame when the focus is once again upon Christ dying for us. That that's just not a, a, a given anymore. That that's not just something that's all oh, that's just old news. No, friend, that's the good news. That's the greatest news ever announced. Glory to God. That is the core essential of the gospel. And that is the, the, the basis for rekindling of the first love, which brings the works uh, that will, will, will cause the world to take notice that we serve God with gladness. <laughs> Hallelujah. We serve Him with ardor. We serve Him with ardent love. Hallelujah. Not with a lukewarm religiosity, but with a white hot love for Jesus Christ and for our Heavenly Father. Oh, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. And then white, whiter than snow, Lord Jesus, for this I humbly entreat. I wait, blessed Lord, at thy crucified feet. By faith for my cleansing I see thy blood flow. Now wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. There have been moves of God where great healings have occurred and, and for a while it looked like that was the beginning of the ushering in of a great revival that would, would sweep our nation and sweep our world, but they never continued on, on the signs and wonders in and of themselves. Therefore, I'm saying the great revival that will sweep our country, sweep over our churches, sweep over our world is a revival based on one great truth that is reiterated and, and that we have refocused on. And that is the price that was paid for our salvation and what our response should be when we understand not just the fact that we are saved, but the cost of our salvation. And we begin to love Him back for loving us that much. Friend of mine, it's going to show up in an enthusiasm and an excitement in believers that wherever we go, <laughs> we're going to leave the fragrance of Him. <laughs> There's going to be a joy. In fact, we better get ready to be witnesses for Him and unto Him because the Bible said that we're to be instant in season, out of season, and being ready to give an answer to all men for the reason, for the hope that is in us. And when people start asking us because they see something in us, that in spite of the conditions of the world, the conditions around us, that we are rejoicing, we are hopeful, we are filled with, with excitement about our Savior and our Sovereign, hallelujah, that we love God and we serve Him because we love Him with all of our heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. When the first love is renewed, the first works are done, and we begin to see a mighty revival among God's people. And today, I believe God is speaking to us by His Spirit that when this revival, based solely, squarely on a new revelation and appreciation of Jesus on the cross, Christ 
and him crucified. Hallelujah. It's going to last. Hallelujah. It's going to, I believe it's going to be the great move of God that is going to sweep so many thousands into the kingdom of God just before the coming of Jesus Christ. Praise God. So that's why we're so excited today to be living in the now of our salvation. Now we are washed. Now, therefore, we are sanctified, cleansed, and set apart for a holy purpose. To sanctify someone or something is to set that person or thing apart for the intended use of the designer. Eyeglasses are sanctified when used to impart and improve sight. A pen is sanctified in a sense when it's used to write. And a person is sanctified when he or she lives according to God's design and God's purpose. Praise God. Perfect sanctification will only occur when Christ returns. Look at First Thessalonians five twenty-three and 24. It says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who, who also will do it. Hallelujah. Until then, sanctification is progressive. Listen to 1 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18 and 1 Corinthians 7. It says, Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate. See, cleansed, set apart for a holy purpose. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing or the forbidden thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And verse 7 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, we're continuing the thought the, the chapter and verse is for translation purposes. The thought has not stopped with chapter 6. It is continuing with the first verse of chapter 7. Having, therefore, these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Hallelujah. Now we are washed, we are cleansed, and now we are sanctified, set apart unto God for a holy purpose. And because we are washed and sanctified, we can be and we are, in fact, justified. Hallelujah. To be justified is to be declared legally righteous before God. Romans 5 and verse 1 is very clear. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord 
Jesus Christ. The reason we can have fellowship, intimate, personal fellowship with such a holy being as our Heavenly Father, to even call Him, dare to call Him Abba Father, is because we have been washed so thoroughly, cleansed so completely, that we can be justified. We can be declared legally righteous before God. And He can accept us in the Beloved as He has promised Glory to God. We continue to reiterate this in Scripture in Romans 3 and verse 24. Being freely justified by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You see, justified is a forensic term. It means in a court of law that you have been declared not guilty. Praise God. And you have been acquitted. Praise God. And when God declares, declares you and me not guilty anymore, he literally challenges. Paul, through his, his inspired by the Holy Spirit, said, who is he that condemneth? <laughs> Amen. It's Christ that died. Yea, rather, is risen from the dead. And why was he raised? The scripture said he was raised for our justification. His resurrection proves that his sacrifice was accepted by the Father, that the sin debt was, in fact, paid in full. Hallelujah. So, therefore, he was raised to complete uh, his sacrificial offering uh, by validating it. <laughs> if, if he be not raised from the dead, we're yet in our sins, but because he's raised from the dead, our sins have been forgiven. Our sins have been remitted. Praise God. Hallelujah. Speaking of Christ's death and resurrection, in Romans 4, in verse 25, it says, He was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. It is in the courtroom metaphor again that we have been acquitted and our sins have been forgiven. Right now, we have a perfect positional standing before the Lord. The moment you come to Christ as your Savior, your sins are forgiven and you're accepted in the Beloved and you are uh, made a citizen of heaven. You, Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the Bible said that if we keep the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end, then we are truly partakers of Christ. All that He is and all that He's accomplished in our behalf is ours right here, right now, in this holy moment that I'm speaking to you. If you're a Christian today, you need to stand firm in your standing. Literally, hold fast your profession of faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. Hallelujah. Praise God. Friend of mine, God has promised to forgive you, promised to receive you, promised to accept you, promised to deliver you, promised to save you. And we need to hold fast our confession of faith today. Now we are the sons 
of God. Live in that now. Live in that now. Quit trying to earn. Quit trying to acquire something that is yours right here and right now. Praise God. We have been convicted of our sin. That means that we feel sorry for our sin. And because we're sorry for our sin, we are open to God's call to repent of that sin and receive the Savior and the salvation that He has so graciously provided for us. And Jesus stands ready today. In fact, I believe that He's knocking at the door of your heart right now. I believe with all of my heart that the Holy Spirit is right there where you are right now in this holy moment. And I believe that He is calling you and He is showing you God wants you for His own. God doesn't want to judge you. God wants to acquit you. God wants to forgive you. God has sent His Son, Jesus, has stayed on the cross for six agonizing hours just so He could forgive you and so the Father could receive you. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I pray that you will repent of your sin, that you will come to Him right now, and you will accept this great, great, great Savior and great salvation that is offered you. And the moment you do, you are washed, you are sanctified, and you are justified. Oh, friend of mine, what a privilege it is to tell you that good news this Christmas season. Oh, friend, we love you. God loves you. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus? Jesus.